All right, welcome to another edition of the Big Blue Report with that guy, the two-time Super Bowl champion, former defensive captain of the New York Giants, Giants legend, and one of the best shoe collectors in the business today. That is Jonathan Casillas with us as well as the Professor Ryan Darlington. I'm Randy Zellier from BackSportsPage.com. And gentlemen, we are one and one in the early part of the 2023 Giants campaign. By Hooker Crook, by uh, <laughs> by, by Hooker Crook, and by comeback being down yeah. uh, twenty points, and which Daniel Jones and company um, avoided many Giants fans developing serious drinking habits. We are now Jeez. one and one, ladies and gentlemen. And JC, I got to tell you something, man. I I don't know how excited we should be about that type of a comeback because it was against the Arizona Cardinals. But we kept on saying at the end of last week's show, this was a must win. And the Giants went in there and they won. So moral victory in that sense or a big victory? I don't know. Fill me in here. I mean, a win's a win, bro. It still counts as a win. You know, yeah. even let's say the Giants would have lost in the first week to Dallas by three points and it actually scored, right? A couple of points. They still lost, right? There's no style points in the NFL at the end of the season, they look at the record. It don't matter how many points you lost by. It don't matter what happened during the game. I mean, in the Jets sake in week one, it, I think it definitely matters what happened in that game. And, you know, whoever's losing guys and the Giants actually lost a very good player in Saquon Barkley in last week. So that definitely matters what happens in the game. But the outcome, whoever wins the game, that's the only thing that matters. And you wanted, Randy, you said they had to make a statement. And I think they did make a statement. And it took six quarters of the season to actually do it. You know, but those last two quarters from the New York football Giants was a thing of beauty. Their defense held tight. Daniel Jones was absolutely amazing. Saquon was Saquon like we've always seen him. And Jalen Hyatt, he finally showed up. And, and that was the spark that the Giants needed to get that first punch back. Remember, we talk about that fight. That was that first punch back. It took a while. Yep. It took about 90 minutes into the season for them <laughs> to throw a punch. But was it a big punch, a 58-yard catch to start the third quarter? First play of the third quarter in week two versus the Arizona Cardinals. And now you see the fight that the Giants, they have to have the potential to do it. And now I don't think it's going to be every single drive they score, but I don't think it's going to be six quarters again sure. where they don't score. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. And I'm just excited that, like you said, we got something to believe in and to dream about, right? Because yeah. before those, that play, it was looking real bleak for the I, Giants. I, I don't want to read the text message chain that you, the three of us, were on. I oh, no. <laughs> Good lord! We, it was like, a lot of was, WTFs. A lot of yeah, WTFs. Right. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> we we saved Ryan. You know. Thousands of dollars of therapy and alcoholic right. anonymous visits That's because that could, that could have been really bad. Wow, and it was teetering like I was so close, man. I was so close. I don't drink. I was so close to going to the liquor cabinet on that one and being like, all right, that's it. We're done. But I, I swear, I mean, it was it, for any of you listeners out there who are particularly well-read and, and have read the a tale of two cities, right? Charles Dickens. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. That is what kept going through my mind uh, when I was watching that game or at the end of the game. Cause when I was watching it, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? But I mean, we talk about, 
just getting absolutely blown out by the Arizona Cardinals for the first two quarters of the game. Uh, and then to your point, JC, when we come back out, the first thing that we do is throw a 50, 58 yard bomb to Jalen Hyatt. And all of a sudden there's a spark. And so at the end of the day, where, you know, what, what I've come to realize is, and we've talked about it on the show before is that football is a game of momentum. And what I've come to realize is that sometimes that momentum can stretch from game to game. So we were on uh, we were in a bad way. We had really kind of poor momentum, bad juju going into the game in uh, in Arizona. And we played that way during that first half. But somehow, I don't know what kind of Wheaties they were eating at halftime. But at the end of the day, they came out in the second half. Um, you know, something lit a fire under them, boys. And, and you know, we, we, we came out guns a blazing. Uh, and I have the feeling I just kind of feel like that. You know, it, seeing what the Giants were in the second half of that game, that's what I thought they were going into the Dallas game, right? I thought that we had that kind of level of capability going into the Dallas game. And when I didn't, not only did I not see it, but I we I saw us literally get crushed. Um, I finally saw it. I finally saw it in Arizona. And yes, it's only Arizona. But listen, gentlemen, that's a football team. That is an NFL football team full of exceptionally talented players, uh, any any ability to get on a football roster means you have exceptional talent. So, uh, you know, it's not the 49ers. We're going to have a little bit of our hands full when we go there. We're 10 and a half point underdogs, I think. Uh, but we are, <laughs> I, I think, I really feel like we're carrying some of the momentum from that second half. It wasn't like we played an okay game and we can carry that in. We went lights out in the second half. And if we're able to carry some of that into the San Francisco game, it's a, it's a, it's going to be good. And and I also want to add one thing to that too. That play with Jalen Hyatt reminded me of a big play from last season in that Tennessee opener. Is when Daniel threw the ball down to Sterling Shepard and he caught yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. That's that I I immediately had a flashback to that. Mm-hmm. And those are the types of plays that can set a tone. Like you said, to get you with some momentum, and it can also set a tone for a season. Do I think they turn the page again? Let's not get too crazy because it's game two and it's against Arizona. But and you know we have to start looking at what I don't want to say victories are, what moral victories are. You you want to go into this upcoming week against San Francisco, and we're going to dive into that in a little bit later. But you want to go in there with momentum, and you have to see in wins and losses where there's victories. Mm-hmm. Well, um, look, we did some things right. Right. Yeah, you exactly. Know, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm that's what I, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm like, you know, in this first half, everything that you could think that possibly can go wrong went wrong. And then you came back out and you played almost a perfect half of football. Um, obviously, the big concerns coming out of the game. Hey, we still have issues in the offensive line and Saquon Barkley went down um, and all of a sudden. Now we saw today, uh, JC, I don't know if you were there when he played with the Giants, but Justin Pugh worked out with the Giants today. Of course. I played yeah. with Justin. Yeah, yeah. Justin. So, so Justin. That, that's good. Justin's been a good player. He, he can definitely play tackle and guard. So that's that's good. The Giants definitely need some depth there uh, and possibly a starter, you know, and the guys on the offensive line have not played well. You know, they did tighten up a little bit in the last two quarters of the Arizona game. But there are a lot of things that were very glaring uh, besides the offensive line play. Yeah. The Giants are an undisciplined team right now. They have a lot of penalties that they have to work on, a lot of pre-snap penalties and, uh, you know, moving around. And, you know, it, it's 
those against good teams, when you're in a competitive game, you'll lose that way. You know, and the Giants actually, I mean, man, the Arizona Cardinals in the first half, Josh Dobbs looked like an all-pro quarterback. Sure James Conner. And and I give, this is an NFL player, you know. Mm-hmm. This, he's been around the league for a while, bounced around. James Conner was, was the guy we thought he was. We all knew how talented he was in the beginning. And that's another thing the Giants still have, haven't tightened up against the run game. You know, that was a problem, a very a big problem last year that they struggled with in 2022. And this is carrying into this third week, which is only four days removed from the last game in Arizona Cardinals. And you're talking about a team that has the number one running back in the NFL, hands down, because the other two running backs are actually out right now with Saquon Barkley and Chubb, right? This is the hands down the best running back in the NFL. He has 268 rushing yards in two games, and he also can catch the ball at the backfield, and they have a Debo Samuel as well, and they also have a Brandon Ayuk who's playing the best football of his career in the first two weeks. I see him on the injury report. Doubt he's going to miss this game. Yeah, We will see what's going to happen, but there are some issues that the Giants need to correct, and it's going to be hard to do so when you got your best two offensive players out, and Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley. I do think this is going to be a Daniel Jones type of game, you know, mm-hmm. where we saw later in the season in 2022 where Daniel Jones started putting the team on his back. The Kafka started really implementing him in the run game, you know, having a lot of bootlegs, having a lot of RPOs where Daniel Jones might be the first option given on his read. And look, with the addition of Jalen Hyatt inserting him into the passing game, that definitely stretches this this offense out a lot more. Darren Waller, yes, we understand who he is, but Jalen Hyatt will help targets going to all the underneath routes, including Waller, yep. in, including Campbell, including Isaiah Hodgins, all of those guys. And I hope that the Giants learn from what they just did and they need to go ahead and go vertical early in the game to yep. soften those safeties up. Because I think Breida and I think Gray – I think yeah. Brightwell, he's yeah. going to get a ro- rotational in, but I think Breida and Gray are going to get a, a brunt of the carries and plays now that Saquon Barkley is down. And you're going to need a collective effort. It's not going to be one guy that steps up to make to take place of a, the, the great Saquon Barkley. There has to be a collective effort. It starts on the offensive line and all of those pieces that I named as well. Bellinger, he's going to have to have a huge game you know, being that he's the tight end on the roster. I don't even know. Is Cager healthy this week? Because he was out last week. So we got to figure out exactly who's going to be playing for the Giants. And every single person has to step up, not just offensively either. Defensively, there's been a lot of quiet guys. Kayvon Thibodeau has been relatively quiet. McFadden has been out of position uh, a lot, especially last game. And I expect um, Isaiah Simmons to play a lot more this week. Because every time he looked, like every time in the game, he looked fast, he looked explosive, he looked fiery, and he looked like he was ready for the moment. So I expect Isaiah Simmons to get some more play time in this upcoming game. I, I really thought, too, uh, you, you, know, you mentioned it before, I'm really looking at Gray as this is an, a great opportunity to step up to show what you can do. Because he can be a major contributor, not just – for the current situation that they had with Saquon being out, but also for their future, just in the case for whatever reason it doesn't work. 
next year for Saquon in the contract situation. I don't want to try and jinx anything or but I, I have to be I have to I have to be real about it. We have to say we have to say that whatever happens, at least if you can see if he can handle the load, what you have there. You know, you need and yes, he's a rookie. You have to sort of sort of ease him into it. But that's why Brita's there. And Brita did a great job with Saquon and the in the backs they had last year getting them to understand this system what they're doing in this system because he's played in this system under Dable for a couple of years now. He's yeah. a very, very key part of what this offense can be when Saquon Barkley's not in there. Yep. It, we have, we have very capable backups. I mean, if you think about uh, it's, it's not just Brita, it's not just gray, it's not just Brightwell, Right. So it's all three of them. This becomes running back by committee. Uh, and so where, where the outsized importance ends up coming from is the coaching, right? How are you going to use those three guys in ways where maybe there could be a little bit of deception? Maybe there can be some, a little bit of trickery, right? I mean, if you, uh, you know, the, the defense uh, for the 49ers knows that they don't have the game plan in the same way. Uh, but that's where we were able to take advantage of a lot of situations last year when the defenses weren't exactly sure what we were going to throw at them. And we were successful uh, having guys play above their talent level. And then, you know, Gray being a rookie, right? Uh, he's still got some learning to do, but he's a heck of a strong runner. Uh, same could be said for Brightwell. I've seen good things from him over the last couple of years. So I think there are capable, um, nobody's Saquon, right? But there are some definite capable uh, uh, plug and play guys that are in there. And, and not for nothing, but even against Arizona, Saquon's numbers weren't huge, right? I think it was less than 100 all-purpose yards. Um, the, Daniel put the team on his back. Uh, and, and, JC, to your point, I think he's going to have to do the same thing this week. Yeah, and you know what bothers me? That Saquon and Nick Chubb go down the same week. Yeah, Nick Chubb is the actual the last running back to get the real big deal. Mm -hmm. Saquon was the topic of discussion all offseason about the franchise tag and should he get paid? Should he not get paid? Should running backs get paid? And now both of them are out. Yep. And it's Nick's, not looking good. Moving Chubbs forward was for the nasty. Running Did you see yeah, Chubb's injury with the knee going out the I back? I don't even want to think of it. It Rough. was so bad. But even Saquon, right? Now you have a Saquon coming back off of whatever type of ordinary ankle injury that Dave Ball <laughs> said that he had. Whatever it is, it's something that's going to prevent him from performing at a very high level, which he does on a consistent basis. And I'm not excited about when he comes back, how he's going to be. Because we all know Saquon is an explosive freak of nature. And when you have something that's lower body-wise that is going to, I guess, cap your explosiveness, you know, because he has a level of explosiveness and change of direction and power that's not really like a parent among us mortals, right? Like this is, um, <laughs> this is like, you know, he has like godly, like, you know, explosion and abilities. And now that he has this lower body injury, whenever he does come back, he's not going to be that same guy that we even saw in the second half of last week. And at times, you know, during last season. And that's the thing that scares me, not just for the giants, but also for him and his future. You know, I think, for in order for him to get that deal that he wanted, I don't know if that was going to happen if he would have stayed healthy, but I know if he would have stayed healthy and performed like he would have, he would have been a shoe in to get another franchise tag. Mm -hmm. But now, why would the Giants even franchise him now? You know, yeah. so it's like 
I mean, the worth of the running back has been diminished going into this year. Now with Chubb going down, Saquon going down in week two, but, I think the running back market is going to hurt a little bit more too. I, I think you're absolutely right, but I don't think we can write him off for the season, right? I mean, at no, the end no, of the no, day, no, we're no, gonna, no, no. you know. I don't think that's what he was saying. I don't think he was saying it was right well, off the season. No. But the value, I mean, we're saying that the value is lower because he's got he's dinged up with an ankle, right? I mean, if the ankle it is lower though. If yeah, a little bit, if he's out for a couple of games, but he comes back and he looks like the same explosive Saquon, we're right back where we started from. He misses two games of of stats, but it's still, you know, if, if he can prove that he's healthy for the rest of the season, then this is gonna be a blip in the radar. Yeah, but that's the problem about those 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 lingering yeah might not be a those lingering injuries you know like it's it's like i've had an ankle and it, you come back two weeks and you feel good and then all of a sudden you try to make that yeah. really explosive cut and you can't do it you know like there's not too many guys that that get healthier during the season yeah you know like you. it's like it's almost impossible for him to do that you know and i'm you know we're better with saquon uh, I believe so, even at 90% or 80% or whatever the case is, because he's that good of a player. But this definitely helps his, uh, hurts his potential and his contributions of what he was going to do this year. Yeah. And by, and by the way, Barkley, 17 carries for 63 yards, uh, six receptions for 29 yards. He rushed for one touchdown. Uh, Daniel had nine carries for 59 yards as well. Um, you know, it's, I think. You know, you, you look about how they came back out at, at the half, and yeah, Daniel put the team on his shoulders. It felt like, I said this to Ryan earlier in the week too, I said it felt like they went back to what worked last year mm -hmm. with Daniel using his legs and throwing when he needs to. Uh, and you look at the, the receiving, you know, you look at the receiving stats. Uh, high With two receptions, 89 yards, Waller six receptions for 76, Slayton for three receptions for 62, Hodgins with uh, four for 40 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. you know, Spreading it got, around. Yeah, Barkley got a, got a uh, receiving touchdown. Paris Campbell, four receptions for 21 yards, and Shep got one for four yards. You know, um, yep. and, you know, we had that argument about Shep back and forth and how that what that's going to be and how that's going to look. I, I'm firmly believing that Shep is there to be a good soldier and help these young guys through it. You know I mean? I And... Uh, Brandon London, who who I loved to death, JC. I know you got along with Brandon very well as well. When we were discussing Shep, he said Shep is your late October, November receiver. Mm. That's that's the that's when you you really go in there and take advantage of Shep when some of these guys are nicked up a little bit and he can go out there and get some some time and get some different looks. That's when Shep's really going to pay off and keep him fresh until then. Yeah. Don't worry about him right now. And it's impactful plays, even if there aren't big numbers on it right though the times when Shep makes the plays it's when the, we need a play made right um, and I think the catch the reception that he had uh, was good for a first down that we needed right it was right. on a third down and uh, he got the first for us and uh, and that's great I mean but I think you know and this is what we were talking about a little earlier in the week too Randy is that it wasn't just kind of letting Daniel run uh, opening it up a little bit and letting kind of letting him kind of run around the field and, and make throws where he needed to make throws. We were getting plays in chunks, right? It was that chunk yardage that was missing last year. We didn't have a Jalen Hyatt last year. Now we've got a speedster on the outside that can blow away a safety and take the top off. He did that. He did that twice, and it was a huge spark. 
for the offense, right? And so at the end of the day, we're making use of the new weapons that we have. When I see three and four receptions for virtually all of our receivers, that tells me that we're making use of the guys that we have brought on and they are contributing in a meaningful way when we can get Daniel the time that he needs to throw the ball. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, we're going to be moving forward a little bit here. Now let's some more focus on the San Francisco game from, from move on from Arizona and guys look, I, San Francisco is touted as one of the top three teams in the NFC. Uh, obviously Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, that defense is very good. Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Mm -hmm. uh, JC, you heard Ryan say it before. Ten and a half point underdogs. Um, I, I I don't buy into those numbers with you know because I'm not a gambling guy. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm Jewish. I like my money. I don't gamble. What can I say? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I. What do you really? Your, your heart of hearts. You look at this this matchup. Of course, without Saquon Barkley, what are you sort of? eyeing in this in this matchup and what can you see that the Giants can do against this team? well I think uh, I agree with Ryan about that momentum thing and I'm hoping that's what happens so it could actually be a competitive game because if the Giants come out like they did in the first half against the Cardinals or any point in the Dallas game it's going to look like the Dallas game because Brock Purdy doesn't really make any mistakes. He has proven as a passer. He can step up in the pocket. He can do things in the pocket. And he is the ultimate game manager, right? He has so many weapons on the outside. He has the best running back in ball, the best fullback in ball, the best left tackle in ball, the second best tight end in ball. Brandon Ayuk is emerging as a top 10 wide receiver. Like, he got so many different weapons and targets. Oh, let me let me help you with that as well. He has the best middle linebacker in ball, the best defensive end in ball, one of the best safeties in ball. Like, he has so many guys around him. The only thing he has to do is not mess it up. And he has been excelling at that. He is a winner in Brock Purdy. So, Brock Purdy don't make any mistakes. This team doesn't really make any mistakes. And, and you saw it last week. They were in a hard-fought game against the Rams where they were losing at, you know, one point in the game. And they, they fought back and they neutralized the best player in the NFL, Aaron Donald. He barely did anything against them. You know, so this is a team that's going to be able to stick to their game plan no matter what because they have a very tough defense. They're going to rely on their run game, and they're going to be very limited in what Brock Purdy does. But when he does get the ball, it's to the best players in the NFL. So it's going to be very tough. The Giants can't be mistake-ridden like they were last week and in the first week. They have to be more poised. They have to do a better job in being disciplined, and they have to score early and make it a game to where – the San Francisco 49ers are not just going to be comfortable handing the ball off to the best running back in the league and the best wide receiver that can play running back in the league in Debo Samuel. Like, it's so much talent on the San Francisco team with a great head coach in Shanahan. And, look, these guys always find a way to win. And I'm talking about since Shanahan been there. They always find a way to sneak into the playoffs. They can beat Dallas in the playoffs. Like, these are some tough – this is a tough team with a whole bunch of really talented players led by a very solid quarterback. So this is the mission, guys. This is the mission. It's an uphill battle. But if the Giants can carry that momentum over and they can go ahead and strike first or just get that first lick in or at least be ready to throw back, you know, because San Fran gets the ball first and they score right away, I expect the Giants to go ahead and try to come down and score right away as well. You know, like I don't want to see – 
nobody laying down. It's going to be a hard-fought game. It could be a hard-fought loss or a hard-fought win. Whatever it is, it needs to be hard-fought. Yeah, that's exactly what Ryan and I said, too. That's exactly what I said. It's, it's one thing. If you're going to lose a game, you're going to lose a game. But, like, you don't want to have another situation like you had in Dallas. where You have you to be competitive. Yeah, yeah. Right? You want, you want to show you want to you want to show heart and fight. And I think what makes this game in particular pretty tough is that the only chance we're going to have to have even a glimmer of hope against this team because of the weapons that they have are the two areas where our team is quite arguably the most suspect. We need to give Daniel time to throw the ball. It's going to be hard to do that when you got Bosa after him. It's going to be hard to do that when you got their entire front seven, which is no, you know, no set of slouches, as we've just said. Uh, you've got to give him time. So the offensive line has to play lights out, right? Um, and in order to slow down the pretty, immas- pretty massive and immensely talented offense of the 49ers, we need our front seven to do the same thing. We can't have another no-show game by, by Kayvon Thibodeau. We can't have another no-show with Aziz if he plays, right? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we have to show up big time in a lot of areas. And unfortunately, the areas where we have to show up is the ones where we have the most question marks. Absolutely. Yeah. And you see up below here, as a scroll, the uh, current injury report uh, for the New York football giants uh, of who's going to be pretty much out uh, for this upcoming week. Uh, as you guys are listening to this, uh, you know the game is tomorrow night. Uh, so if you listen to this, obviously like on Friday, Saturday, the, the game will be over. So uh, my my heart of hearts is, uh, and we'll we'll do the predictions a little early. Let's let's get this part of it out of the way. Um, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I, I'm a very practical person. You guys both know this. Uh, I'm, I look at things for what they are, and uh, not not trying to be pessimistic, just just a different view of it. I see this as an uphill battle from the New York Giants. I'm very happy with the progress that they've made from when Dable and Joe Shane have gotten there to now. This is a team that they're playing where you are hoping to see use, – use this game as a measuring stick to see where you are against one of the elite teams in the NFL. I'm hoping that this can be a 27-20 San Francisco win over the Giants. I, I see a lot of moral victories – for the Giants, if that score can be around there, because that means that they did some good things and they fought. So I'm going 27-20 San Francisco. I think I'm a little less optimistic, uh, and and I'm going to actually do something that I haven't done in a year plus of this show. Uh, I am actually, for the first time ever, I'm going to pick against the Giants. I hate doing it. Uh, I think it's going to be closer to 31-21 San Francisco. Yeah. I was thinking of scores this whole time. I'm thinking for San Fran, 27, 28, 31. And, man, I don't really see the Giants scoring more than 13, 14 points on this defense, mm. fellas. I just I just don't see it. You know, I, I think, like I said, it's going to be somewhere in between, you know, the Giants' first six, six quarters and the Giants' last two quarters of playing ball. And that means they're going to be punting. You know, very frequently, in, you know, I think they're be able to put some drives together. I don't know if they're going to be able to punch too many times into the end zone. So I'm thinking a touchdown and two field goals that puts us at, that puts us at 13. And if the defense doesn't show up, man, holy smokes, it could be, be a really long bad. day. Yeah, but I'm, let's go 24. Let's go 24, 13. Um, you know, if the if the defense shows up to keep them to 24. 
If not, it could be easily 34 because this offense is very, very well-rounded. And, man, I just watched him the last two weeks, man. And, you know, I mean, they made – they made uh, Matthew Stafford throw the ball 55 times. You know, we don't want to be in that ball game. Yeah. We don't want to no. be doing that. You know, but if we can if we can muster up, you know, with the early strikes and the defense comes out ready to go, Kayvon shows up, Leonard shows up, Dexter Lawrence plays like we know he could, I think the game could be a little closer. But I still think we're a ways away from all of the, the, the uh, cylinders clicking on was it all of the what engines clicking on all cylinders? All the, yeah, right. The firing on all cylinders. It yeah. right. I think we're a little ways away from that. And mm-hmm. and I said this before, guys. The way the preseason is now set up, with very limited action from starters, you see it around the league. A lot of offenses are struggling. Mm. Uh, you know the Bengals, right? They're, they're struggling. There's some teams out there that's hitting on all cylinders. Miami, they're flying around, and even San Fran. San Fran, you know mm-hmm. they. They kind of figured it out and simplified, you know, what they were doing. And, you know, you can see that on film. And I think we're still trying to figure out our identity and who we are. Um, and I think that's not going to be answered this week because of the, the the ultimate task that they're up against in the San Francisco 49ers. I, I know it's funny. I said to Ryan earlier this week, too. And, JC, you let me know if you agree with me on this. Because of the way the current setup and the landscape of the NFL is, I always feel like the first – quarter of the season because i know tom coughlin always liked to break up the seasons and quarters four games four games four games four games but it always feels like the the first four games that could be a little bit of a mirage for some teams because there's a lot of guys who don't play in the preseason there's guys who are working their way really back into football shape not that they're not competing in camp and working hard at camp but we're talking about in-game action i remember back i think maybe it was in 2015 or 2016 the eagles under carson wentz started the season three and one, they finished four and 12 because the first four games, four or five games of the season, guys are working themselves really back into shape. And that's when you start seeing some of those major upsets you weren't even thinking about because there's teams that are really working themselves into, you know, football shape. I know I'm repeating myself and I apologize for that, hmm. but no, but you're, you're right though. You're making sense. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. like, so in that sense, of, and so in that sense, like you look at the giants right now, the Giants, we know they're not that bad of a team that they went through with Dallas and the first half of Arizona. We know that they're they're not at San Francisco and Philadelphia's level yet. We need to see where they are, and we're not going to start seeing that till week six or week seven because that's when you're going to really realize what we need. And I think Joe Shane is starting to see it now saying, maybe our offensive line is not as good as we thought it was going to be. So let's start like, after week one, they should have been bringing people in. They're trying out Justin Pugh. They're yeah. start, you know, they should be bringing out other people. They need they need to get that addressed because if Daniel doesn't have time to throw the ball, it doesn't matter what receivers that you have. Yeah, but the problem with that is that it's too late to address that now. You need starting caliber people, and so the only way that you're going to find starting caliber people is if you find a gem again. Right, you pull an Isaiah uh, Isaiah Hodgins off of somebody's practice squad. You throw him in, and all of a sudden they're playing like an all star. Right? I mean, this is a this. If the line is what it looks like it is now, it's something that can really only be addressed in the off season. What we have to do in the meantime for the next fifteen weeks is find stopgap measures that can plug holes and keep this boat floating. Right? And and to me, that's. In all respect to Justin Pugh, he's, he's been a good lineman in this league for a long time, but he's a stopgap measure. 
right? Otherwise, he'd have been in camp, yeah. <laughs> right? We'd have signed him before now. Uh, so you know that it's uh, that's the rough part, right? And again, that's another that's another way uh, that our success this year is going to have to come down to how well this this team is coached, right? I mean. There, Dable has been in his career in a position where he hasn't had a super strong offensive line. There are ways that you can work around that, doing screens, doing wheel routes out the back, doing, you know, uh, draws or, you know, wherever, find where the pressure is coming from and go the other way. There, there are a number of things that you can do to mitigate uh, a suspect offensive line. But I, I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, finding a season-saving solution um, – is, is a bit of a far-fetched kind of notion at this point. Yeah, and 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 Brian, it has to be in-house. The guys that are on the roster that are playing every single Sunday have to perform. Yeah, right. Evan Neal has to be better. John yeah. Michael Smith cannot play like a rookie. He's two games yeah. in. That's it. I don't want to hear it no more. You're a starter in the NFL now. You're going against the best players in the world. Play like it. The other guys along the offensive line have to pick up the slack with Andrew Thomas being out. Mm-hmm. Azudu played a great game yeah, last week, I believe. He yeah, looked he pretty good. Yeah, he looked like sure. he can move his feet, you know, and maybe that's a combination when Andrew Thomas gets back. Maybe bump Evan Neal in. I don't know. But Evan Neal, he has been struggling. And I don't know if that right tackle position is for him because he doesn't move his feet. Mm. And playing in this league against – you know what I call his defensive ends in this league, guys? I call them the most talented athletes in the world yeah. because they're big, they're strong, strong they're explosive, they can bend. Mm-hmm. And they make grown men look silly. <laughs> like like these, these T.J. Watts, Micah Parsons – uh, uh, this guy, this guy we're playing against, Bosa, both Bosa brothers. Yeah, right. Like yeah. these guys are tremendous athletes, and they got motors cranked to a thousand. They never give up on plays. Uh, uh, Drake Jackson for the, for the 49ers, he has three sacks. Everybody's worried about Bosa. He has three sacks. Mm-hmm. You know, so both tackles got to be aware of these edge rushers that are going to be. You know, they, they watch the film. They seen everything that we seen. They're going to be licking their chops. They're developing schemes to attack the right tackle. They're developing schemes to attack the interior of the line. Whoever's playing left tackle, everybody is on alert. These guys have to play better defensively. Bobby Okereke, he's what money. He is worth every single penny that we gave him. He has been playing lights out the first couple weeks. McFadden, if he's in the rotation, he needs to play a lot better. Kayvon Thibodeau needs to show up. Can we talk right, about Ojolari? him? Yeah. Yes, we can. I, I want to talk about him. Ojolari, I love him. He's the most productive defensive player that the Giants have, but he doesn't play because he's always right. hurt. I feel so bad for the kid. He's such he's such a good dude. Randy, I know you're talking to him. He's such a good dude. Like, I, he see you, he smiles, and, and I just, like, please get healthy. Please stay healthy. You know, I was kind of in that boat a little bit, too, and, that's a real tough place to be at, you know, because you want to contribute, but you, your body just doesn't agree with you a lot, which is Ojolari's problem, man. And somebody has to pick up the slack. Kayvon Thibodeau being, was it number six yeah. overall pick? You know, I mean, to show up one time on the stat sheet and, like, just not be, you know. And you know what? Let's not even put him on that top ten draft pick. 
He's playing defense. I don't care where you get drafted. I was undrafted. And I'm I'm telling you right now, my my thoughts and my expectations for myself when I played was just as high as I'm sure Kayvon Thibodeau's expectations is. So I'm not going to say because he was drafted that high. I'm not going to do that anymore. He was playing on Wink Martindale's defense, and yep. he just wasn't showing up on a stat sheet. Yep. I don't care who you are, how early you got drafted. If you're a starter, you need to make plays. Yeah. And if you're a big-time player, like we've seen from him, you have to make plays. And games like this can be games where you submit – your legacy, you cement your position and, you know, put your anchor down. And this is who I am as a player. This is who I am as a man. And I expect these guys to do it. And I want Dexter Lawrence to take over the goddamn game. So, <laughs> but he was, I mean, it's fair to say though, that he was one of the, one of the only productive ones from an off from a defensive line standpoint against the Cardinals in that second half. The only reason we had as many stops as we did is because sexy Dexy was in the backfield a lot, right? Uh, and but it seemed like he was the only one. I barely heard Leonard Lawrence. Uh, sorry, um, Leonard Williams. You never heard his name. He never. Heard right. His I name. saw his number like twice. Right. So I mean, at the end of the day, there's not. <laughs> yeah, a lot he was going there. On there. He yeah, was he on was the there. field. <laughs> right. And and the 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 most. What's the word I'm looking for? The most impactful place that I saw Kevin Thibodeau was on the side of the bench when everybody else was doing their stuff. Right. Separated from. Yeah. Not so, good. I mean, it's not and, good. And, and, and the media and, asked him. Yeah, but he said he was meditating, right? And I, I get that. I'm all into meditation. All right, I got the whole fucking thing here. I'm all about it, right? You lose your cool. You want to get you want to get your shit together and get it right. Spend <laughs> some time, do that. But you've got a team that you're playing with, and you are a part of that team. Be a part of that team. It feels like that's what's missing this year. Last year, from get-go, from the kickoff, the opening kickoff of the season against the Titans, it felt like we were playing together as a team for one another. And it just doesn't feel like we're doing that this year, especially uh, especially when I see stuff like that. I, I got to tell you with Thibodeau too, it's, I know we had a conversation about it a couple of weeks ago where I was like, you know, is football his number one priority? I'm not saying that it's not, but I got to tell you, like he's a little bit of a weird cat in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like you know, JC, from a media perspective, again, you, you've been a player, you've been there with wins and losses, you know the responsibility of a player in the locker room after the game. If you win, you get the accolations of all the media and you get all the good questions. If you lose, you have to answer for the loss. There was quite a lot of the losses last year, and even some of the wins. They had to get Kayvon to stay, to talk. He doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. Because he's not playing well, man. Right. You know, that's the reason why I like the – Look, I was I was a captain of the Giants, and they kind of made me talk to the media at times. But there were some games, win or lose, like sometimes I didn't want to talk to them. You know, definitely when you win, it's easier to talk to the media, no matter how you played. Losing on top of not playing well, and like I said, the expectations that he had for himself. When you when you start failing your own expectations, that make it difficult to be yourself to everybody else. You know, and if he can turn it around, which, I mean, he's talented enough to do it. You know, he just got to get that one play, man, to get him going, you know. And defensively, they need that. They need that turnover. They don't have a sack. Yeah. They don't have a turnover yeah. on the year. They need a spark plug like the offense had, you know. And losing Saquon Barkley, I, look, I always thought that now the offenses have, you know, kind of moved to this, 
you know, running back by committee deal. And I feel like every team has adapt has adapted that. Even with the premier running back like Saquon Barkley, and you've seen Philly do it last year, you know, and they got rid of their guy and they pick up the slack this year with with quick, you know, and look, nobody Saquon Barkley. I expect Breeder to definitely step up and have a pretty decent game, you know, but it's gonna it's gonna take every single person in that locker room. Every single guy that's on that sideline, coaches included, to put together an awesome game plan to beat one of the most talented teams in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, well guys, we're, guys, we're going to move on to our trivia question of the week, our trivia Ooh. question. Hey. He gave us a demo one yesterday. Yeah, he got us. Yeah, got us bad. <laughs> but before we, before we do, I think it's fair to say that the question is sponsored by JC's Food Truck. JC, mm-hmm. give us give us the deets on the uh, on the food truck. Food truck is called Food Expression Expressions with Hiram Edwards as my head chef, and we got the Jamaican me crazy jerk chicken, uh, weakened knees macaroni and cheese. He cooked <laughs> some salmon for me yesterday, some teriyaki Ooh. salmon. And I was like, bro, you got to add this to the menu. So now we got teriyaki salmon, which is cold, man. Look, I'm so excited because, and I see Ryan nodding his head too. I get excited about food, guys. I get so excited. And that's the thing. I I partner with the chef. So it's not about is the food good. You know, the food's good. You know, that's no question about it. You know, so uh, look, uh, we're looking for a place. We've been doing a lot of events, you know, pop-up events where we're looking in Jersey City. We might even be in Hoboken. So, but we'll keep every everybody up to date. Randy, I always appreciate the shout-out, brother. Listen, no problem. And so here comes this week's trivia question. Are you ready? And hey, it's Google. on. Yeah. Alexa. Alexa. And not only that, but this is on the defensive side of the ball. Are you okay. ready? Okay. Here we okay. go. Let's go. Let's Here's the trivia question. Boom. Which Giants defender led the team with 1.5 sacks of the 49ers quarterback Alex Smith in the 2011 NFC, NFC championship. championship game? Hey, right. If you guys want the choices, I will give you the choices. Oh, you got you got multiple choice. Multiple right, choice. Let's multiple do choice. that. Okay, is it A. O.C. Human Europe? Is it B. The Great Justin Tuck? Is it C. Jason Pierre-Paul? Or is it D. Matthias Kimanuka? Wow, Kiwi. Man. <laughs> 2011. So it's O.C. Tuck. And, and, and by and by the way, starting this week. We're making this a competition. So if so if JC or Ryan, one of you guys miss it and the other one gets it, that person gets a point. And we'll tally it up at the end of the season. All right. Okay. Uh, I I got I got nothing JC wants though. So you know, at the end of the day. (laughs) You can get one of the cats. He's good. Yeah, you can have a cat. That's cool. (laughs) Um I'll take the first stab at it because this is a pure guess. Mm-hmm. And I knew who exactly was on the roster. So, like, I was going to guess one of those guys for sure. Yeah. You threw in Kiwanuka. I think it might be him just because you threw him in there. Not not to say that he wasn't good. But, you know, Justin Tuck, OC, and JBP, they're the premier pass rushers for the, for the Giants for a long time. I'm going to go Matthias Kiwanuka. Okay, Ryan. It's a good guess. Uh, for years, 
I did a lot of travel and I did a lot of flying and I would not fly without my 72 OC Humanura jersey. I even had a lady say, ask me, what's a human Yura <laughs> in the airport? And I was like, lady, you need to watch a game or two because he was one of them boys that brought the heat. I'm going to go with OC Humanura. I'm going to go with OC Humanura. Well, I'm going to... I'm going to tell you, Ryan, I'm, <laughs> Ryan, I'm not going to lie to you, a little disappointed because oh. I thought you would have got it just because of relation to your son, but the answer is Justin, Justin Tuck. Tuck. I have his jersey, too. <laughs> In fact, I've got two of them. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a long This is going to be a long year. <laughs> hey, really not messing with us no, no more. We got those first. Remember the first one I oh got real God. easy? Yeah. He ain't making it easy on us. Well, yeah. I asked, I asked the question about Daniel Jones, who's got the best record. You're like, Washington. You're like, when are you going to challenge? Give me a hard one. All right. All right, cool. Hold my so beer. We, we, well, speaking, speaking of beers, I think what we have to do is if we get skunked all year long, if we end the season, if anybody ends with zero points, I think we have to go back to my fraternal days and do a dishwasher chug. Anybody hear about what that is? <laughs> no, we would get a we would get a beer that was not from the walk-in. It was not cold. We'd get a beer and we put it through the dishwasher. So it was hot when it came out of there. And this was not good beer, right? This was like Meister Brow, right? This was like Randy Quaid special over here. This was like <laughs> disgusting stuff. And you had to do that shotgun, a hot Meister Brow. Uh, if you got blanked in, in one of our games. So as motivation to get at least one question right, we have to avoid the dish. You're you setting the bar low, but I'm I'm down for it. All right. If I don't get deal. one, I'll do <laughs> Well, we got to do it on punish air, too. Me somehow. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's punishment. Oh, on <laughs> air. Okay, I like that. <laughs> what's the wager between me and Ryan? Because mm. we got to have a personal wager whoever wins that, right? It's true. It's true. Uh, we got to figure out something. Like I, I'm, you you mentioned that salmon from your food truck. If I win, I would love a nice little piece of salmon from the food truck. Okay, okay, I, I could do that. Uh, right. And if I if I win, uh -huh. I will take five bottle of Casamigos. Ooh, That's a nice bottle of Casamigos. Casamigos. Right? I'm gonna write that down because I'm gonna lose this shit and I'm gonna need to remember it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, Randy, I, is it story time yet? It is Ooh, definitely story time with JC. It's story time. Real quick, before before we do, I, I do have to throw um, a little bit of a, a little fun little fact here about the San Francisco 49ers Giants series. Um, so I started covering the Giants back in 2011 is when I started doing, um, you know, training camp. My first game was in 2013 and my first Sunday night game was against the 49ers and the Giants and the, and the 49ers this is when Kaepernick was still playing played a barn burner and it was, I was one of the first times I've ever seen an Eli Manning game winning drive Ooh, in, yeah. in person in person and I got to tell you it, you know JC you had a you have a good working relationship with Eli Seeing a drive like that in person is absolutely like it was one Nothing of those moments. Like it. 
Yeah, it's like that moment where you're sitting in the press box and you forget that you're press and you're watching it and you're just like, yeah, oh, I can't oh, really scream in the box. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, JC, it is story time with JC. Story time with JC is brought to you by our good friends over at Back Sports Page. If you're interested in getting into the field of sports media, go to backsportspage.com, send us an email. We will get you started, give you the opportunity to live your dreams of being in the sports industry, sports media industry. All right. Story time with JC. JC, what do you got for us this week? <clears throat> so, you know, what's so funny. My story time comes from the game before that game trivia. Oh, was when the saints, we played the 49ers mm. in the division around, excuse me, the wild card round in 2011 before the giants took them on. And let me list, let me list the guys that were on this roster, right? Alex Smith was a starting running back. I'm sorry, quarterback. quarterback yeah. Frank Gore was a starting running ooh, back. Vernon ooh. Davis. Yeah. Vernon Davis was out there, right? Listen to the defenders. You got Deshaun Golson, yeah. okay. Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis, oh, Alden Smith, wow. Ahmad Brooks. Yeah. Who else? Carlos Rogers. And Jonathan Casillas. Dante <laughs> Whitner. I mean, I wasn't even starting. I was running down on kickoff, but that's my story about kickoff, oh. right? I'm not going to lie to you, fellas. This is the most lit kickoff I have ever been a part of. <laughs> they would play, and I saw it all season, but you didn't hear the song that was playing. But the song that they would play during kickoff was Tony Montana by Future. Mm. Tony Montana. Tony Montana, the game that we played against them in the playoffs, they have future there performing oh, during the game, wow. not right before the game, not at halftime, uh, during kickoff. And I'm sitting there looking around on kickoff return like, this is so lit. So like, I'm just like, this is so dope. And they, like, it was a close game. It's 32-36. The, the Saints had 13 wins. The 49ers also had 13 wins that year. But they beat the shit out of us. Like, Oof. they knocked out They knocked out um, Pierre Thomas on the first drive. He fumbled going into the end zone. They knocked out Jimmy Graham, I believe, on the second or third drive that game. And you're talking about Deshaun Golson, Dante Whitner, uh, Patrick Willis. Navarro Bowman, who else? J Justin Smith, mm. bro. These are the greats of the 2010s. They were all on one team, guys. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, this San Fran team is probably just as talented as that San Fran team. Yeah. So that's my story. It was just one of the most exciting games. Awesome. I, it was. It was. I mean, we. I went through my first year. We won a Super Bowl. My second year. In, in was it 2010? Uh, I, I was injured the whole year, so I missed that. And then the following year, which is the playoffs against the, the 49ers, this is like my first playoff game. And man, I'm telling you, the level of intensity for the playoffs, fellas, is insane. Wow. And San Fran over there at Old Candlestick Park, when they had half the baseball field, that crappy <laughs> field that they had, yeah, yeah, it was so lit, yo. And like, yeah. like. After that game, Alex Smith like kind of beat us by himself at the end. I was at the ESPYs and I saw Alex Smith and I was like, 
Look at that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> little bad I, I hated him. Yeah. I hated Alex Smith. <laughs> I, I, you just opened up a can of worms for me. It's a very unimportant can of worms that I have to ask you about. But I, you okay? So you just said you were at the ESPYS. Yes. What is that like? Because mm. because you're, we're talking about like that's like the award show for sports. Yeah, it's got to be fun. Yeah, is this is a whole other level of story time. I got to know, like, because I hear stories about at parties and after parties and all these different yeah. things, and I'd probably the statute of limitations are probably not up on some of the <laughs> things. <Nope>. That <laughs> you know, I mean, it was awesome. It's it's an awesome party. And, you know, the star stars, you know, the stars of stars are there, you know, and the following year, excuse me, is when Kaepernick took over the league the following year. And I went to the SPs again. Nobody got more of a wow, look at him than Kaepernick besides LeBron. Wow. Like my, my ass always late. So I was like late. <laughs> and I walked in and. You know, I think it was a couple people that was interested in me what I had going on, you know. But as soon as Cap came, he had like I think he had like a red, like blazer on, like looking flawless. Not gonna lie, he looked good. And he came on, I was like, "Oh, look at Cap, look at Cap." And then not even two minutes later, LeBron showed up, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, the Kings!" Oh, here. Kings, <laughs> Kings. That, that's the great thing about being at the ESPYS. Like, you know, you're walking along the same path as LeBron and all the greats mm -hmm. that that are tremendous, not just that year, but like career wise. And, you know, like I, I ran into JJ, I ran into Russell, you know, former Badgers. And it's definitely a, a surreal experience. LA's a lot, mm -hmm. definitely spend a lot of money every time I go to LA. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, SP's is definitely a deal. Is Back Sports Page going to be there this year? I would, I would love to, uh, especially yeah. if we, especially if we have some dinner at Mastro's, baby. Get me, <laughs> get me over to Mastro's Steakhouse. You better, you better, you better book it now. Now, yeah. <laughs> now to book it. <laughs> Heck yeah, heck yeah, uh, guys! Thanks. For, this was a lot of fun. We, I think we, I think that we all needed this. This was our own therapy of of a tough, tough ass, tough bounce ass back, baby. Yeah, that's we we were like the Giants in the second half. We were able go. to bounce back. So. Uh, you guys can follow the show every single week on all your podcast platforms, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon uh, Podcast, iHeartRadio Podcast. We're everywhere. Uh, JC is doing a great job in the pre and post this season. Uh, listen to him and Lance Meadow. They are a awesome duo. And Schmelke. Can't leave Schmelke out. Can't leave Schmelke can't, out. You can't, cannot leave Schmelke out. Uh, so they're doing a great job there. Ryan, the professor. It, listen, I got to tell you, we – we're going to start doing the live blog. I, I've been doing it. I showed Ryan it this past week, and he was like, that's pretty cool. You were yeah. supposed to hit me up, bro. Uh, we were texting. We were texting, yeah. that's for sure. I, I wish. Listen, we I had to text somebody. I said, this is yeah. bullshit. Bro, what the hell? I, I, what we were texting can't go public. No. <laughs> we, there was a lot of. fire my ass when the Giants are sure. That's That's red. <laughs> You're like, God damn. So, uh, JC, are, are you familiar with Dave Rothenberg? Uh, the name sounds familiar. ESPN Radio uh, host. Uh, he does Rothenberg and um, DiPietro in not the morning. And so Rothenberg, Rothenberg. Not Rosenberg, right? No, not Rosenberg. Rothenberg 
and he told the story. He is one like a huge Giants fan, and it's like he's one of those like negative Nelly Giant fans. And he was telling the story about how big of a fan he was during the Super Bowl and how he t- locked his family. He was in the basement. The family locked him downstairs. He didn't want to be near his family. He had to watch the Super Bowl, and he was getting so anxious. He ripped his all of his clothes off to the point where he came upstairs and only had the collar of the shirt left. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I, I, I wonder how does one get into the frame of mind mm. when that happens? I mean, That's... bro, if we would have been watching, like, if I wasn't in public watching that first half, I might have ripped my shirt off too, right? man. That's, Seriously. That it was, was getting bad. I was contemplating like, on if I was going to keep going with the Giants further. You know what I'm saying? Not, like, 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 when you say rip your shirt off, like Hulkamania, like ripping the shirt Hell off. Yeah, straight yeah. up. You know, it's like. No collar left after I do nah. that. Everything's <laughs> ripped off. Well, I'm just saying, how does one get to that frame of mind? But, you know what? Oh, no, I'm so Bruce? glad we. Little booze involved, probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just very happy that we never got to that point and we got those W's. That's what's the most important right. thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So for Jonathan Casillas, Ryan Darlington, I'm Randy Zellier from Back Sports Page. We will see you next week. Go Giants, Go and Giants. let's all and let's all pray against the 49ers this upcoming week. We'll see you next week, guys. Here on the Big Blue Report.